10 yard dash. Flying 10. Flying 10, yeah. And him and another kid, they both had 116s today. Say it again? I had two college kids do it, and they had 116s. Um, one of them ran it twice. And yesterday, one of the high school kids Damn. ran a, he ran a 118, a 1180, a 1186, and a 1. Two oh two, I think. Damn, that's fast. What do you hit? Did you try it? Uh, I haven't done a flying ten in like over a month, but uh, last I did was a blue was like right before the blue left for this season. Uh, we both did it, but I think I was like a, I did, I got like a one two five was my best, or like a one two three in that range. Damn. And you set it up. Let me let me ask, what? So you do the flying tens? How did you set it up before? Like, I watched a video that you had, and you set it up first so 10 the yards. The tripods are at the 10-yard marker, right. and then the second, the second gate's at the 20. Got it. Because the first 10 and is... The first 10 is like a build-up. That's right. what I tell them. Exactly. Basically, get your strides going for the first five, and then as soon as you hit the five, got to be at top speed so that you have five yards that you're maintaining that velocity through the, through the gate. That's fast. Yeah, I had another kid, a high school kid yesterday. He ran oh, like a one two four, a one two six, and a one two five, I think. Is one point one six the fastest? Yeah. Do you know anybody else? Like, is there is there like a database or like standards that you can find online from like Joe DeFranco or something like that? I haven't looked that up. The only guy that I see doing the flying ten stuff is that dude. Uh, Jim Gossie. Dango. Yeah, I've seen him, but a guy who, like, publishes them more, like, posts about him more, is that guy Michael, like, Drax training Yeah. on Instagram. Look up another guy. There's another guy named Mike Young. Mike Young? Yeah, I forget his place, but he's, I forget where he's at, but he has a really big place. He's really good. Technically, I've seen him speak. He's really good. Um, you could, like, you and I could both, I think I might have his PowerPoints. Really? Somewhere, yeah. I, I might have even forwarded it to you at some point. From It was the 2017 when I went to IFAST seminar. Right. Or not IFAST seminar, but Indianapolis seminar or something like that. Really good. But, uh, yeah, anyway. That dude, Michael Drax, or Drax, whatever his name is, he had kids, like, sub 1-1. One, because one. they've been training it. I mean, I'm not like, I'm not skinny by any means, but 
guess you could say I'm bulky and also like fat, just like feeling it. Summer yeah. heat got me feeling it. <laughs> I'm like trying to show kids some things and I'm trying to do some different stuff. Uh, just movement wise and I can do it, but it's just like, God damn. I'm trying to move, you know? Yeah, that's why I just it out. Like, I feel pretty decent. And, like, I get texted you. I was like, my sprints lately have been sucking ass. Yeah, and you're seven. like, I jump. Yeah, I got one seven and a couple of these. You went eight today. Once I got, once I got going. Um, took you a little bit? Yeah, it took me a little bit to get a... Get, get firing on all cylinders and I think a few of the ones at the beginning after watching a couple videos that I took my hand last, but when I got yeah when I got into the two point like hinge my hands were low and I think when I would start my initial movement my hand would swipe at the time uh, too. that makes sense I wouldn't yeah you gotta think about that so sometimes yeah that'll fuck you up so then I looked down like alright so then I kept my arms you know tighter in the beginning and that was when I started being more consistent at like the one eight range. Cause I ran like a fucking two two five on one of them. I was like, holy shit, what what is going on right now? Is that you? And you also felt slow. A couple of them, I felt like, all right, that didn't feel great. And then there were a few other ones where I was like, all right, I felt like I was floating better through the air. Yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, man, I really hate to say it, but like, you know, getting older. Yeah, and that's what's what getting me. That's like, I haven't been sprinting as frequently either, so it takes me longer to get going now, which kind of sucks. But in the spring, when I was doing a little loop, we were doing them like every day, and I was like consistently in the 1.7s. Like, that was my average. Like, I was pushing 1.5s and 1.6s. So I guess I just gotta get back there. And I think the, the knee thing has, has slowed me down a little bit also. But after doing doing those pullbacks today, like my adductor is still tight. Hey man. Not like not like tight, but just like sore and somewhat tight. So you haven't done it in a while probably. Yeah, I haven't I I haven't even programmed the pullback since like middle of the winter either so and like even when I did that like I was lighting it up like I could hit it pretty good and it's it's like the distal adductor like that yeah like probably like three to four inches like right where the hip crease is like going down the leg the femur and it just it almost felt like it was just a ball for like 10 minutes <laughs> Jesus Christ yeah like I, I, I was uncomfortable after I did the third set of it some would say no. that some would say that you need to uh, not do it as hard. But you probably didn't do it as intense. Nah, yeah, I was uh, I was kind of. I mean, I put myself in a good position uh, and I was working on it, but I was pushing down and pulling back pretty hard. Hey man, I think that's part of it. Like you get that, that means you can offload pressure off of your your knee and foot, and then you get some ankle dorsiflexion. Um, you get that arch going too kind of uh, set yourself up for success with that, you know, like, what else do you need? Yeah, it, it felt better throughout the course of the day, too, like, it didn't bother me, like, even right now, it doesn't feel tight, like, the other day, I don't know why, like, my patellus head, I, I mentioned that in the Facebook comment, I guess that felt, like, 
tight and just like sore. It wasn't even the Oshkosh. Like that's always gonna have, you know, like it's got just got that point right now where it just feels like almost not bruised, but if there's some irritation. But the patella tendon the other night was giving me some issues, and that went away. I didn't hit lower body really. Uh, yeah. That the past couple of days, except for the RDLs and the and the step ups today, and then one of the college kids, I just like gestured to him like I was helping out the trap bar, and he had like 335 on. And then like I was going to do like I went into the trap bar. And I was that <laughs> yeah, and show then, him up like this. How you do it? Boom. Yeah, and then he was like, he like he just kind of like nodded to me and like smirked. So I was like, all right, fuck it, I'm just gonna do it here. I did it cold, and I hit 335 for eight reps, so I could have did like four more. <laughs> Wait, today? Yeah. Yo, this guy. Yeah, I felt pretty good. Like my, I got braced up and everything, and like it didn't even feel like much on my legs, and my knee did bother me. So, but yeah, the the, the warm up today, I, I spent more time warming up and getting to all like the prehab stuff for, for what's been going on and it felt better. So like when I, I did I did like a deep squat and I just held it at the bottom. Like not just holding like an ISO at the bottom, like a good technique. I just kinda just was like, let me go down as far as I can and there was like really no tension at all in my feet. So Yeah man, that's what's up. I like that. So I'm gonna do that, try to get all that stuff every day now and be consistent with it. Yeah, man, just, you know, do it. <laughs> I'm not yeah. Just, but do it. Uh, what, uh, what ideas do you got? It's interesting because, like, if you put out information into the world and you get a following, quote-unquote following, whoever the fuck that is, following of what, like, whatever, Instagram or anything, Twitter, whatever fuck, it's interesting for maybe a couple reasons. So say you have a following, right? Okay, that's, that's tough to get, first of all. Um, but you put, but that, but that means you're, you're putting something out, and you're getting good information out there. So you have a following now. What's the next step? Do you just have a following for a following, or do you try to monetize that? And that's where it gets dicey, because now you get dicey because the monetization, meaning you're like you're saying you got seminars, you're saying you got this, you're saying you got t-shirts and da 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 all these things right um it gets dicey because they didn't come to you for that stuff they came to you for the free information right so it's like you gotta jump that you gotta get over that hurdle right and that's where i think of the gary v stuff is you uh give 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 and then you ask you know like you give out a hundred thousand pieces of information and then you like ask for one thing at the end yeah. That's like been a model in my head. I've been, I've been running with it. It's been working. It's, been, it's awesome. It's good. Um, but the, the, the two, if, if I could put a, a shade, right? Like glasses have shades or different colors, right? If there's different uh -huh. shades on that, the monetization idea, and you could take this idea out we want for TNL, um, I'll go in this in a different, couple different directions. You got long-term and then short-term ideas or long-term or short-term goals or actions um, you have say 20,000 followers on Instagram or anything then what happens is you start to monetize that 
you start to say, I have seminars and I have a t-shirt and I have a this and I have a that. Um, what happens when there's like five years down, so that's short term, like you, you, do, you start to sell stuff. That's great, you start to do well, okay. But what happens in the long term? And that's the question, because we're all in the short term. Like when did, when did Instagram start coming, uh, start becoming prevalent? Like it was, it was a big in 2011, 2012, but nobody knew how to use it. I was on it then. I was on I took a picture of a pizza and like, you know, like a bike. Like I remember my first couple of Instagram posts. I took a picture of cheese fries at school. Right? It's just like, you just do whatever. It's like, yeah, here you go, whatever. Right? Yeah. So, right, we begin to use it for other reasons. This is, this is all Gary Vee stuff, but I'm just applying it to the fitness industry. Long-term scale of it, like it, it, I think it just started getting really prevalent, like 2015, 2016, right? Give or take uh, a couple months. Yeah. Like, like uh, think about what when you were doing your internship, what you were doing, who you're following, like where you got your information. Like, I was still reading blogs. Right. You know, like who got information from Instagram at this level? Not, not Instagram in 2015. I'll tell you that much. So long term, it's like, what are we gonna be doing in five years? That's long term. Long term in reality is probably like a year, or two years, for the for the internet, right? All right. So where am I going? Think about how much like Instagram's changed over the past year. Stories, Instagram TV, swipe ups. Yeah. Those are all new. So monetization wise, you had to stay on top of it. So. You're spending, not you, but the general you, you're spending so much information, oh, time, excuse me, you're spending so much time doing this monetization side of things. Are you learning anything new? Right. That's the question. And if it's if it's new for being new's sake, is it actually relevant? You can learn a bunch of new exercises. Is it relevant? Yeah. Speaking purely from the author perspective, like Drax or whoever you talked about, or anybody, Sergio, like imagine what Sergio is gonna do, ex Sergio is gonna do in like two years for their, for their, uh, you know, technology. Right. Who, who knows? So, you know, they're gonna have the G Sprint on the phone. It'll, it'll cost three hundred dollars. Um. So. Thinking about it like that, it gets a little bit different because it's like, okay, you're not learning any new information because now you're spending a lot of time on the, the push side of things, the selling side of things, the the uh, what's the what's the word I'm looking for? The marketing side of things. And that's not wrong. You got to make money somehow. But if all you do is ask of your of your audience, how are you going to have any ability to get new eyes to your information? So this is this is a big step from where you are kind of right now because it's like, I mean, for what it's worth, you're not putting out information like every five hours, for example. Yeah. Right. And if you're not putting out information at that level, you're not even thinking about monetizing. Like it's not even in your mindset right now. Like think about anybody that's putting stuff out at that level, and then they have like every other every other post is like uh, advertisement or sponsorship, for example, right? Like some random, I don't know, Fit Tea or some, you know, Lululemon advertisement or something, right? 
yeah. whatever it is. So anyway, that, I'm like taking a huge macro kind of like perspective. Um, because you're not learning anything new. Now, fast forward to uh, if we can have like, you know, uh, thinking Endgame, there's two timelines here, right? In one world, you're doing the long game. In the other world, you're doing the short game. The short game, you're just doing advertising and marketing and learning how the kind of Instagram platform works, but you're not learning anything new. What happens in that two-year time frame when there's more information that's actually relevant that you, you skipped out on? Does that make sense? Am I, am I like, like, it's like a devil's advocate. Is this kind of like heady? I know you're driving, but is this like, is this making sense? Beat that last part again. You got two different timelines. Like two different yeah. alternate realities. The first time uh, alternate reality is you're doing the short game of monetizing your audience. You got 20,000 followers, you're getting seminars, you're doing t-shirts, which is great. You know, it's not wrong. At some point you need to put food on the table. The second timeline, you're not posting as much, but you're learning things that cannot be learned online. Like you're going places, you're you're visiting people, you're doing things in person, because there's there's simply some things that can't be communicated via online. Yeah. Like you can't learn how to do a flying ten yard sprint, dash, whatever you want to call it, by reading about it and looking at it. You know, is this making sense? Yeah. So, in that longer timeline of learning something new that you can't exactly monetize in the moment, it's a longer term of, a, of an investment, is where I'm coming from. At what point, so, so at what point is Instagram going to start to have degradation? Right, like, in my opinion, you know, we talked about this maybe briefly the other day, like, I don't want to be, I don't want to bring noise, that kind of thing. Yeah. At what point is Instagram having so much noise, which isn't wrong, it's, it's, a, it's a product of the environment. It's just like how commercials were, were a lot of noise. So that's the point I was trying to bring up. Commercials are a lot of noise. When was the last time you watched like a TV show or uh, a sports game of some sort? Whatever, Super Bowl, yeah, right. something like UFC, something, right? Yeah. Did you ever just sit there and watch a commercial? Uh, I tend to do it when I'm watching them and then other ones I tune out depending on like the first five seconds. Or you just sit on your phone, exactly the first five seconds, you just go back to your phone or whatever the hell, right? Yeah. That's what I mean by degradation. The commercial, the commercial's uh, ability to hold your attention has degraded. Right. It's no longer as, as fascinating. I have a strong feeling that's what's gonna happen with Instagram. Wait, that's already happening, I think. That's what I'm saying. So it's like-, like there, there are things that I used to be into it now when I see him I just scroll right past them because I don't really care for it anymore that long-winded like, conversation not just like yeah not just like people but like sources of information or like say other facilities or people that I was like all right cool like wait, 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 I was looking forward to their post like at this point some of them I was just like all right that's you know whatever and I can keep going how many times can you just look at like a core stabilization exercise and be like what the fuck are we doing yeah so with that being said, that was a long-winded way to say like the time that people are trying to invest in having these followers and monetizing off of it might be 
erroneously uh, having the wrong time being attended to, or excuse me, it, they might be erroneously uh, putting efforts and, and, and time, energy, and attention into because that two years of time could be spent learning something else. Like you building yeah. business. That's why I'm saying to you that I'm not faulting you because you built, you literally built something. November 2017. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You had that conversation at Chicky and Pete's. That's when it all started. I don't even think you've, you've intended to, to do that. Now, at that point, it was one of the options of something that could happen. Uh, like, it wasn't even a business. It was just taking our people oh. into other facilities and making money off of that and paying people to, like, use space. That's, right. what, that's, what it was, that's what the initial plan was, just look to do that. And then you found something. And then, yeah, things just happened. That's beautiful. And now you have your own place. It's pretty dope. And, you know, you got space. And you got, you got, you kind of got, I don't want to say made, but you got to obviously, you know, work. But it's it's a little better than it was. Right. When you built it. And, and think of all the, now think about the individuals that I will not name that are probably like, sitting online doing whatever like making posts like me like I make posts about random shit you yeah. know what I'm saying that's what that's where I'm coming from now I'm not making posts just, just to make random posts uh, it's interesting because I always use my social media as a way to like to like express an experiment because if I can express an experiment correctly and I and I get a reaction in a good way that means reaction or uh, some type of like feedback. I know I'm doing things in the right way. I'll tell you what, you're uh, one thing that we haven't discussed like really in much detail. Yeah, we've talked about the desert, uh, the bench every day and stuff, and like kind of like a general outline of like how to do my training right now. But the the five stuff that that one protocol that you put up that was like a big hit. I did that probably once, twice a week, you know, for the that you did that post. And yeah, I put on some weight, which is what I wanted to do. I, I want to get bigger, and I've, it's like the beginning of March, and, you know, end of February, I put on like 13 to 15 pounds in that range. And I've even had kids, I had a handful of kids like this week and last week tell me, like, you've gotten bigger, or like your arms look bigger. And, like, yeah, like, my shirts are starting to be a little bit tighter, but like, and I how don't many really years? How many years you've been doing arms? Yeah, and I've noticed it too. Like, I'm hitting 40s and 45s for you know six eight reps now, and it's not like even that challenging. Like 30 for six used to be challenging. There you go, man. Um, that's dope. That's it. You know, it's like super straightforward of information but it's like that's like it so that post was interesting about the biceps uh bicep curl pose activation potentiation it's super different um it's not really like excuse me it's not different but the principles of post activation potentiation were applied to something that was just really in my head it was like man this is so uh naive and just like i don't say it's not dumb but it was just like an afterthought is what I mean. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I've been doing this like this because, like, if if post activation works for benching, 
then why wouldn't it work for bicep curls? And then, like, that's kind of where my brain went. Because, like, you always think about, like, drop sets of, like, you know, 10 to X amount of reps, like, max reps or, you know, high volume, like, when it comes to that, you know, the first first day of that thing is four and eight and find, a, you know, something for a heavy set of four and, like, you don't really think about doing, or at least the general eye doesn't really think of doing bicep curls super heavy for low reps that much. It's interesting because a couple people said that to me, like, they, they started doing it afterwards. I'm like, have you guys never done that before? Like, I'm, I honestly, I do heavy bicep curls. Uh, I haven't been doing it as of lately, but I used to do it a lot because I'm like super lazy. And I don't feel like doing like 10 to 15 reps at a time. They just take, it's just yeah. tiring. I'm like, I'd rather do six to eight and just be done with it. I agree, I mean. Six to nine. Doing the four Six to nine reps and be done with it. 69. <laughs> Um, but anyway, it's just like learning because it's like uh, the things you can learn, the things you can learn is, is infinite at this level, right? There's such a level of things you can learn. Like you can literally like fucking just look something up, learn about it and figure it out. And then it's like, well, see if the principles can be applied to your everyday life. That's really where I'm coming from. Because at some point, now let me let me meld these short-term and long-term together. It's not just short-term stuff to make short-term things. Like, it's so wild, the amount of Instagram profiles that I've seen that literally have just made profile uh, videos off of like doing tennis ball, uh, self-myofascial release videos. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yo, what is going on? It's crazy. Mm-hmm. And it's a thing, it's, it's a thing. Uh, I'm, it, it's I, you can't fault it. It's 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 a uh, it's a product, right? Um, so to meld it, what I'm trying to say is you would have a those kind of like technical videos blended with personality of who you are, because long term you have to think you need to you need to like throw in your personality at some point. Yeah. And that's a fact. You can't you can't not throw in your personality and have people like like who you are. Because so so for real stuff, like I know I know I feel like I'm talking in circles. For somebody to quote unquote follow you and to really follow you, they're gonna have to relate to you. And and this is a really big topic that I don't know if I need to get into. But the ability to relate. Uh, imagine if you did your sprinting video that you just put out, right? That took, you know, how many videos of that do you have? It, it literally took you one point something seconds to make, right? Yeah, it just happened to be the one, he was doing one more, like, the kids were done, I was like, shit, I wish I would have just recorded because I wanted, but the purpose of the video was not as much about the time, it was more so to show other kids that follow me or some of the parents that get some content, so like now, like one initiative that I'm taking is taking my social media content and putting them into my newsletter with through PNL, like so that the parents can see more of what goes on and just like kind of just educating them more and just everybody in general. Um, 
and I just happened to get the video last before run that we did. The kid ran the fastest time, so it like all worked out. That's great. That's awesome. It worked out like that. But what I'm trying to get to is, like, at its essence, that is just a video of a kid sprinting. Albeit, yeah. it's, it's a really fast sprint, really good sprint. Um, but it doesn't give personality. It doesn't give an idea of who you are, or or right. what or what TNL is, or who TNL represents, right? So what, I'm trying, so what I'm trying to say is, you would, and and you've done this. You've, you I know you've done this. I watch your videos. If you have it in a story format, you would pre, uh, you would have a video prior to that sprinting video and say, "Hey, this is a really fast video of a kid who is really, really, you know, really fast, really good. He just hit a leaderboard, blah blah blah. Uh, he hit the leader uh, numbers for our leaderboard. Um, check out the video and uh, stay tuned for the video after that. So you would do is, uh, you would get now you'd show the video." But the third video in the story, or whatever format you're using, you would say, okay, if you come into TNL and you know you get 1.2, you get within a certain time for the 10-yard sprints, you get uh, one free day of session today uh, of whenever you come in next. Yeah, that once you said it that way, like that's right where my headline is. Either making it technically appealing to the person where they, they can get benefit out of it or showing them the value of like, one, I'm praising the kid for doing it and then it's like creating a challenge that other kids can come into the gym at that point or if somebody random's like, oh shit, like, if I show up and do that, then I can get a retraining session. Or, like, or just, something that, you, yeah, exactly. So Something you could also do is like, if you come in and try to do a, a flying 10-yard sprint, it doesn't matter your time anymore because we want to not turn people away. You can say this this will enter you into a raffle for a free session. Boom. Right. That's what but like one thing I did yesterday um, and very, very almost like identical concept. I was on the phone with one of my business coaches. Um, like we talked about doing this more like that's the whole initiative that I'm taking of putting more stuff into my emails so that parents because they're the ones that pay the bills at the end of the day not the kids on Instagram so if they're getting the value and seeing like what their kids are doing or how like you know something that can benefit them or send to somebody else like there's the value so like instead of just trying to take from people to giving like I just have my store up right now and all the orders are being done but I explained to everybody why the water bottles are in the store now. Like, one, for going green and, like, environmental, you know, sustainability. And I wrote about that and, like, how much plastic. I did some research and, like, how much plastic gets made per year and how many products are only used one time, blah, blah, blah. And then at the bottom of the email, I said, first two people to reply, I want a TNL H2O bottle get a free water bottle and I had seven replies I had five within like literally ten minutes that's dope that's like very you know identical you're learning you're learning that's that's literally how I would do it too and it's it's like starting to make me think If, if you start thinking like that you don't even need the actual platform because notice that you did was that via email that was an email and that's what my coach explained 
and he's like the marketing guy at the varsity house. Like, not a lot of coaches, but he takes care of like a lot of the marketing stuff. And he told me that he did, he read a stat. There are like I forget the exact number, but it's in the billions world that all of the social media profiles and accounts combined. Yeah, man. Like, like, think about, so, so this is what I'm talking about. If you're doing the, the, the short-term game, say that is your short-term game, and then your mentality never really switches and you're stuck in the short-term, all you're doing is just asking for people's money. Yeah. Versus long-term, it's like, well, why is Connor wanting to sell, like, have no, no environmentally green? Then you start to learn more about you. Right. That's what I'm talking about. And because then, like, you can apply that. Them. You can apply that to so many platforms. I, I told the story in an Instagram story. You told it in a newsletter. You could apply it to wherever. Does that yeah. make sense? Versus the people that pander to the platform. That's when you're fucked. Yeah. Because when you pander to the platform, all you're doing is learning how to make cool-looking posts online without really understanding that if you're on Twitter, an email newsletter, Instagram, Facebook, you can make money because the platform doesn't matter. It's just how you tell it. And I feel there's a lot of... You can put something on multiple platforms. You could. I was just going to say, you could have done that on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and a new newsletter email. Yeah. And you would have got, you know, not one or two more, but like, you know, who knows? Yeah, that's, it's just, it's, it's the whole give, 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 take, give, 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 take, that jab, jab, it's, hook. It's give, 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 ask, it's not take, because when you take it, you're stealing something. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. I'm just being a new, you know, whatever, nuanced. But anyway, that's like, man, that's some real crazy shit, but that wasn't even my ideas from the get-go. That, that just literally came out, like, in the moment. Um, yeah. My idea is, that I texted you about... Uh, it was about having like a library of sorts that people can experience your information when they're not when you're not there. So like passively, like you can you can sign up for Exos, you know, like an online experience. Like you can you can go on Exos right now and sign up for some certification. You can sign up for their courses. You can sign you can you can hear all these people talk when they visited Exos. Yeah, and that's a fact. Why is Exos that like? Why are they so good? Like you know, why just them? P three Sports Performance or or whatever their name is, Sports Science with all the basketball players. Yeah. They, they could easily just post something about like, hey, we're doing a course online. We have all this information from NBA players. Learn learn about NBA players here. That would be really interesting because while in its in its essence, it, it thinks it, it looks like it's a short-term kind of value. Maybe not short-term is the right word. I'm not using that correctly, I don't think. But in its in its like face value it looks like you're selling something but in like the long term if you can demonstrate that this is a 
both a cell and a personality thing. I think that might be the, the, the like, quote-unquote, the way. I don't know. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. 